Welcome to the One Body, One Life podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Jason Wan, lifestyle physical therapist, and I talk about everything health and wellness related so you too can have a more resilient body and a more fulfilling life. And I also help busy parents and professionals to eliminate chronic pain from their life so that they can enjoy the activities they love with the people that matter most to them. If you're somebody that is interested in gaining control of chronic pain, and that is chronic pain, anything lasting longer than three to six months, if you're interested, we have a program called the Pain-Free Academy. It is my flagship program where we coach our clients one-to-one on how to eliminate pain. And we do that through training curriculums, exercise, and addressing nutrition and sleep and many other aspects of health. And if you want a more holistic approach to getting control of your pain, send a DM to Flex with Dr. J on Instagram or head to the link in the description to apply for our program directly. So today I wanted to talk about how to improve the quality of your squat. And as we know, the squat is likely the most important exercise, in my opinion, known to man. The reason why I feel the squat, and I'm biased towards the squat, is that we want to uh, keep our lower extremity healthy in terms of strengthening our ankles, our knees, our hips, the things that help us to walk through life. But at the same time, if you notice that if you're somebody that is avoiding squats, but you realize that throughout your life, whether you're sitting on the toilet or sitting at the dinner table or sitting at work and then standing up, you realize that almost everything that we do as far from a sitting to standing standpoint is involves a squat. So if we don't squat and we don't strengthen our squat or the quality of our squat, then we are going to lose the ability to do just day-to-day things like that. And I know that many people, especially my clients in the Pain-Free Academy, there are a couple of my clients that have severe hip pain or low back pain coming into the program, and they learn how to improve the quality of their squats and get a evaluation to see what's going wrong. And they're able to improve their squat and therefore getting up off a couch or even getting up out of their chair. There's no back pain. There's no strain. There's no struggle. And I'm going to go through an extremely in-depth way of how to improve the quality of your squat. That way you don't have to avoid squats. And also let's say you're a person that maybe falls backwards or feels unstable on a squat. I'm gonna go through a very high level way of how to improve that starting today. And I can even link a couple different exercise ideas into the description. So let's go through a couple strategies. Now let's say right now, you can pause this if you want to. I want you to stand up maybe if you're not in a car, but maybe pause this at a certain time and test out the quality of your squat. I always tell people, try to go ass to grass, which is bring your butt as deep as you can down towards the floor and then try to get back up from that squat. You can put your hands forward like a mummy, so your hands straight forward and then do at least two to three squats. You can basically look at the quality. So basically the internal quality, which is how you feel going that deep. So you may notice low back pain, you may notice that your hips feel tight. You may notice that your ankles feel like they're stopping you and you're just falling backwards. And there's a number of things that you can look at. So that's the internal quality. If you want kind of like external feedback, I would suggest either filming yourself from a front view or a side view. And that's what I do with my clients on Zoom calls. I have them to go side view and a front view to see from a, from a, from certain planes, How is the quality and depth of their squat? And based on when I see them squat at least three to five times, I'm able to pick which exercise ideas I want for them in order to improve the quality of that squat, especially if they are symptomatic or have any tightness or pain with that squat. 
So diving into a really high level detail now, the first thing I wanna look at is hip mobility. So when you go down into a squat, basically as you're descending into that squat, your hips are going through flexion, which is the knees are like creeping up towards the belly button, right? And your hips are uh, creasing down. So there's a little bit of hip flexion. There's also a significant amount of hip internal rotation going on. So a lot of times, if you've noticed that your feet deviate out on your squat, or you have to point your feet extremely out in order to increase the depth of your squat, you may be lacking some hip internal rotation. And that's something that we look at. So hip flexion and hip internal rotation are actually the most important factors to gain a deeper squat. And how I know that too, is that they've done studies like systematic reviews on people with, with either hip limitations. And they say that lack of flex hip flexion and internal rotation will predispose you to hip OA, which is hip osteoarthritis. So if you want to prevent arthritis as long as possible, you might want to improve your flexion and internal rotation of your hips. So if you can improve, that'll be very significant. The next thing I want to go through is also hip stability. And so hip stability, a lot of the muscles that are functioning, especially ascending from a squat is definitely your hip extensor. So that would be your glutes as well as your groin muscles. So your adductors or your adductor magnus, basically the largest muscle attaching to your groin is actually one of your more powerful hip extensors to basically go from a hip flexion standpoint and to stand straight back up and to straighten out your hips. So hip adductors, strengthening that will be actually very important. There are many exercises to improve that. Um, there's hip bridges with ball squeeze. There's Copenhagen planks. There's adductor drags and putting a plate on the floor and dragging a basically a weight across the floor by dragging it with your foot. So there's a lot of different adduction exercises you can do. Hip flexions, a little bit more simple. You can attach a band to your feet and then you can drag that band up towards the ceiling. You can do basically get onto a dip or you can hang from a bar and you can simply just raise your knees over your belly button. You can do that weighted. So there's a number of ways to improve hip flexion. So Im improving hip stability. What I find is that when I look at people that sit a lot or classically, I'll look at my overweight males or sometimes overweight females, a lot of times they will lack more so hip mobility and they may want to work on more flexion and internal rotation mobility. But when I look at sometimes maybe somebody that does yoga or sometimes the I'll tend to bias more like skinnier individuals and they don't have a lot of muscle tone and strength. You can tell they don't have a lot of muscle around their hips. I'll often be biased and I'll see that how their hips are moving. If they feel like they're struggling on the way up or if you notice that they have significant hip mobility, but it just looks kind of a barren. It looks like the movement is not smooth and there's a lot of lack of control. Then that's more of a stability issue. And they may want to try to strengthen again, hip flexors, their glutes in general, the entire complex, and maybe even their hamstrings and quads as well. Okay. So let's go into also ankle mobility. And ankle mobility, if you bring your toes up, basically, if you like pull your toes up towards your knee or towards your shin, that is called ankle dorsiflexion. And then when you point them down towards the floor, like stepping on a gas pedal, that's called ankle plantar flexion, bringing your ankles out to the side, like your pinky toe side, that's called ankle eversion. And then when you scoop it in or bring your big toe in towards the midline of your body, that's known as ankle inversion. Now, amongst the motions that I just told you, the most important for a good deep squat is ankle dorsiflexion. Because if you think about it, when you go into a deep squat, uh, your hips have to go into flexion. Your knees also have to go into flexion, but then your ankles also have to go into dorsiflexion. So if you've had 
repeated ankle sprains, or let's say you fractured your ankle in the past, or maybe you've gotten an Achilles repair, oftentimes that leads to length, lack of ankle dorsiflexion. I also notice that some people with, let's say, significant nerve tensions, they always complain of tight calves, or they have tight hamstrings, or they have sciatica, for example. That can also actually limit your dorsiflexion. So improving dorsiflexion is a matter of sometimes looking at the joint. So the actual ankle joint, the talus, which is congruent with the fibula and the tibia. So basically where your shin bone meets your ankle bone. So it may be a joint issue. Sometimes it's also a tissue issue where maybe the foot's tight, the bottom of your foot's always tight. You got plantar fasciitis, or let's say you have really tight calves, or again, it might be a nerve mobility issue. So do you have tightness across your entire lower back and into your hamstrings, your calves and your feet? That again, you might want to work more on nerve mobility, but ultimately the global scheme of things is ankle mobility and having good, adequate ankle dorsiflexion will allow you to go deeper into your squats. If you have lack of ankle dorsiflexion, you're going to have to do one of two things. You either are going to feel like you're falling backwards and keeping your heels and your feet on the ground. Commonly, I always see people lose their balance and they fall backwards because of lack of ankle dorsiflexion. The knees have to be able to translate forward over the toes. Or I'll notice that some people, when they, they squat deep, they'll keep their trunk pretty upright. They'll go through full hip flexion and knee flexion, but then they'll, their heels will rise off the floor. And if their heels rise off the floor, then maybe there potentially is a ankle mobility issue and that needs to be addressed. Okay. So going into another one that I think is really important, which is just globally having better quad and hamstring strength. I think that if you have overall better hamstring strength, ascending into your Ascending from a deep squat is going to be easier. Also with, especially if you have good quad strength, and then you're able to main a more upright trunk on your squat. Um, and that's not always the case. So depending on, let's say you're doing weightlifting and you're doing either a low bar squat or a high bar squat, the amount of trunk lean is going to vary. And sometimes being fully upright on your squat is not always conducive towards a stronger squat. But let's say you are just trying to improve your overall squat mechanics. I think that you should not neglect quads or hamstrings whatsoever. Hamstrings is attaching to the back of your legs and it helps to, it, it is a partial hip extensor. So it straightens out your hips and then your quads attaches to your kneecap and attaches into the front of your hip. And that's going to allow you to straighten out your knees coming up from a squat. So if I notice that, let's say somebody, they go into a deep squat, but then pop their hips up first and then they straighten out their knees. So it's not like the knees and the hips straighten out at the same time. I'll sometimes say, is that a stability issue? Is there a hip stability issue? Or let's say they have lack of quad strength or they have knee pain. So they don't want to use their quads and therefore they need to get their quads stronger in order to keep their squat more upright and not allowing those hips to rise first before the knees rise second. Okay. So having good quads and hamstrings, like I, I probably hit that at least twice per week. I also do a lot of plyometrics, not as conducive for a deep squat, but if you want just a strong squat in general, incorporating quads and hamstring accessory exercises and incorporating a little bit of plyometrics will keep your knees very strong. All right. So going into our, I think our last two and our last two are spinal extension strength and mobility. And I think globally, I could have just called this core stability. Now research shows, and I've read a number of studies on this is that you don't need, it, it's let, let's say if you're doing squats and deadlifts and you neglect, let's say abdominal work, squats and deadlifts itself do not strengthen your core that much. And research backs that, right? So if you look at a squat and deadlift, deadlift's going to strengthen your spinal extensors. It's going to strengthen your hips, your hamstrings, and it's going to be more biased towards the, the upper lumbar segments. 
versus if you do a squat, it's going to be more biased towards the lower lumbosacral segments and your paraspinals. And a squat is clearly going to be more biased towards quads versus hamstrings and glutes. So whether you are doing squats and deadlifts, like that is not enough to strengthen your core. So if you have low back pain, there, there, there may be an essence of doing some sort of accessory core exercises, but research does show that when you do have a stronger core, which is somewhat qualitative and quantitative, and I'll show you exactly what that means, but having better core stability will help you to have a better and deeper quality squat. And I know this time and time again, I've had clients that they squat, it looks aberrant. The, the squat kind of looks like their knees move first or hips move first. Sometimes I notice their knees wiggle. Sometimes I notice that their lumbar spine, it goes into spinal extension too quickly. So when I see those types of things, I often think sometimes core stability. So I'll have them like hold, let's say a plank to failure, or let's say I'll have them do a couple hip flexion exercises, like a dead hang leg lift, and I'll have them hold their legs up until their abdominals or their hips can't take it anymore. And then you retest their squat. And I noticed that their squat quality is extremely better. So let's break down what kind of encompasses the core. It's a number of things. So you can't just say the core is just your rectus abdominis. It's not just your front six pack ab muscles. There are also your external and internal obliques on the sides of your body that attach to your rib cage and into your pelvis and it also into your spine. You also have your transverse abdominis. That is a deep muscle that has striations that are more horizontal and they attach into your linea alba and attaches deep into the segments of your spine behind you. You also have your spinal extensors, right? So those are the large muscles that you can actually see. And also you do have your diaphragm and you have your pelvic floor. So your pelvic floor, the muscle that kind of lines your pelvic inlet. Um, and it is helped to like keep your organs in and also to maintain good abdominal pressure as you descend into a squat. And they also have your diaphragm attaches from the top. So think of a parachute or yeah, basically a parachute or like a hot air balloon. That's how it looks in the body. It lines your rib cage. It attaches into um, your spine as well as into the ribs, the lower rib cage. So you have all these different muscles that co-contract together in order to have a good quality squat. And all these muscles, if you look at all the muscles that I just mentioned, they're all centered around the six pack area, your lower back and your pelvis. And this is where your center of gravity is. So no, no matter what height, usually your center of gravity is around L5 to S2. And that's your basically your fifth lumbar segment and your sacrum. So if that is your center of gravity, and basically from a squat standpoint, the main things that are moving are your hips, your knees, and your ankles, you want to have good stability around your spine so that if you are doing it with weight, your spine's not going to collapse on you. You're going to be able to actually ascend from that squat. And then having good core stability backs that. And when you're looking at all these muscles that co-contract, when they co-contract, what I tell people is to do the Valsalva manure. Basically, you breathe in through your mouth, shut down the air, keep all that air in your belly. And that's called the Valsalva, which is you maintain stronger, basically outward pressure onto every part of your abdominal wall and your spine. And that gives you good stability to push more weight. Uh, like I said, when you're, when we're flipping the script or when we're flipping the way that the sentences are written is that squats and deadlifts itself doesn't develop a stronger core, but doing core strength and doing some accessory core exercises away from your squat and deadlift will actually improve the quality 
of the squat itself. And that's because you maintain better abdominal pressure. You're able to maintain a better neutral spine. Your hips don't have to work as hard. You're able to maintain a better upright posture. Your spinal extensors are able to actually do its work. So there's just a lot of benefits to doing accessory core exercises. Um, the, and the last thing I'll say is having good spine extension and basically spine extension range of motion is lastly, the last thing you want to work on. So let's say classically, if you are a deskbound person, it's hard for you to straighten out your upper back or your lower back. Let's say it's really hard for you to arch backwards. Then you're lacking basically spinal extension range of motion. And that might be in the spine, your thoracic spines, so your thoracic spine might not be able to fully extend and arch upright, or it might be lack of lumbar extension as well. So when you don't have proper spinal extension range of motion along with stability, then that actually will basically push your squat more forward. So your trunk will have to maintain like a, like this lower trunk lean, and it's going to be harder for you to maintain that upright posture because you're fighting against your own spine. So that's why I actually, anytime I do my squats, I will usually warm up my shoulders, especially for a barbell squat, especially when the bars on my back and my shoulders are basically holding that bar, but also I want to have good spinal extension. So I will do some lumbar extension, like prone extensions or some press-ups just to make sure my lumbar spine is help doing well. And then I'll do some thoracic cat cows, or I'll bend backwards over a foam roll to ensure that my spine has adequate extension range of motion. And that way I know that bar that's on my back is not going to dip forward. Um, so yeah, just to name off just a number of different things to address. So if you are somebody that is trying to improve the quality of your squat, um, you're a weightlifter and you're noticing that your squat gains are, are not adequate, or you notice that you're hurting yourself on squats, you've hurt yourself many times, or if you're just somebody, you're just a general Joe that's just trying to increase your quality of life, you realize that so many times in your life, you are squatting to get off a bench, off the toilet, off a dinner chair, out of the movies. There are so many times where you're going to be using a squat. So having a good, strong, as well as mobile squat addressing strength and mobility throughout many aspects of the body. So important, right? Otherwise you lose your ability to squat. And as you get older, you know, you're going to have to have your kids help you off the couch and that's not a good thing. All right. So just going to back all the things I said to how to improve your squat, just to recap on these one is hip mobility and stability. The next one is ankle mobility. The next one I said after that was general quad and hamstring strength. Then spinal extension, strength and mobility, or you can also just wrap up core stability into that. And as well as looking at spinal extension range of motion, and that's addressing your thoracic as well as your lumbar range of motion. So I know that this was a super high level depth on how to improve your squats. And I know that there are definitely some words and some vernacular and things that you may not be familiar with. But of course, if you have any questions, feel free to send me an email, DM me at Fletcher Dr. J. I'm always a resource to you guys. All right. And that's what I got for you guys today. If you enjoyed this high level detailed episode on squatting, definitely hit that subscribe or follow button. I release new episodes every morning on Wednesdays. And if you are on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple podcasts, I'd love if you can leave a five-star rating, the more people that can follow subscribe, but also leave a five-star rating. It's going to push the words health fitness It's going to push my podcast to more people that aren't familiar with who I am and what my purpose here is. So I greatly appreciate if you can support by subscribing, following, and also leaving a five-star review. If there's any feedback on future podcasts or future content that you want me to put out there, definitely send me a quick text, 415-965-6580, or you can leave me an email at jason at flexordrj.com, and I reply to all my messages personally. 
And lastly, I'll leave you with always these words of advice. We only have one body, one life. Make every action you take be one that makes you a better version of you. Take care.